We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast. You can get all your Pack a Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack a Day Podcast. And remember, you can always subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can always check us out over at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I'm joined by my co-host, Andrew Mertig. We're back for another Friday edition of the podcast. We're glad that you're with us. Andrew, how is your... Okay, it's Thursday, but how's your Friday going? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, like, from a personal standpoint, everything's fine. Everything's good. We we always try to talk about putting football in perspective. But, you know, putting the, the football fan hat back on, it's just another disappointing end to a disappointing season. Um, I can't say the last three years have been disappointing seasons, more no. disappointing ends, but, yeah. um, you know, this was a frustrating one. The The Packers really looked bad. You and I were uh, sort of dumping dirt on them during the bye week, and then <sighs> they gave us hope, yes. which is one of the worst things that you can have in fanship, and then uh, <laughs> turned around and crushed us. But... We're here to help people walk through that and, you know, turn our attention to some off-season stuff. Absolutely. It really was a disappointing end. We did get those hopes up. Uh, In the back of our minds, I think we knew that this team wasn't ready to go on a deep playoff run, right? In the words of Dennis Green, 
they are who we thought they were, right? <laughs> but as fans, you're always optimistic, right? You're always hopeful, and you said that that does get you into trouble. But we've arrived at the offseason a little bit sooner than we were expecting to. It's a sad place to be, but probably what we should have expected, if we're being honest. Yeah, and and there's been a ton discussed of all the things that made this game a Packers loss and then inevitably ended their season. And you and I will definitely take a bunch of time discussing what changes are to come for Green Bay, how this roster will be shaped. We love roster building. We love yeah. the draft. That's going to be an exciting time. But it's it's weird to talk about that stuff during the playoffs. We did in season one of the Pack a Day podcast because that was when McCarthy got fired and yeah, we had to turn on. our attention to offseason stuff yeah. probably a little bit too Crazy. early. Um, and we haven't had to the last few years. So um, rather than just doing that and just like getting this draft machine started probably too early, um, we're not going to do that. One of the things that I was reflecting on is the, the staples of your and my offseason, and uh, Maggie this this year as well, um, certainly in June and July, we do the offseason review. We start with the division, and we discuss every single one of the Packers' opponents. So we thought that we have three weeks, roughly, a little bit more than that, to lo- the playoffs are finished, um, and we could take a look at how the other NFC North opponents are going to approach the offseason and I thought it was uh, fitting to start this with a conversation of the Chicago Bears since they finished worst in the league yeah this is going to be a lot of fun I actually got sidetracked there for a second you started talking about way back in the day Mike McCarthy and I cannot believe I, I forgot about this that they fired him on December 2nd which obviously like we've seen some coaches get you know shown the door early this season, but was just, you know, at the time and reflecting how crazy that was uh, that he was dismissed in season. But man, we have come a long way, but you're right. We're going to turn the page. We're going to talk about the Chicago Bears today. Um, The NFC North is an interesting place right now. The Vikings are division champs, which makes us all want to vomit a little bit, but they're probably going to fall on their face in the playoffs. So we have that to look forward to, hopefully in short order. Uh, Their roster is going to experience a good deal of change in the next couple of months as well. Uh, The Lions, they're an exciting young team that looks like it's done a rebuild the right way. You don't always see that around the league, and it seems like they're on their way to pulling it off and really putting together a good roster there and a good culture. Uh, The Bears are convinced that they are taking the division and never looking back, even though their record states that they were the worst team in football, as Andrew said. Uh, But there's a lot of change headed, you know, ahead in this offseason that's coming for all these organizations. And clearly those changes all have a direct impact on the Green Bay Packers in this division. So I think it's going to be a fun exercise to look ahead and project uh, what these teams might be trying to do in the next couple of months. But Andrew, as you said, let's start this process with this look at the Bears. Yeah, and we always start this look with free agency and, and what resources the Bears are going to have available to them. And they enter the offseason with an estimated $113 million in cap space, wow. which is easily the most in the NFL. It's not even particularly close. And now I'm going to talk about some cuts and and um, restructures that they could do. Of course, they don't need to do any of this. They already have $113 million, but they can actually create a decent mo- amount more just by redoing the deals with Cody Whitehair and Eddie Jackson 
and they can cut Justin Jones, Lucas Patrick, Cairo Santos, and Trevor Simeon. And those moves combined will save an extra $22 million, which would leave the Bears at $136 million in cap space. And the nice part of being devoid of talent is you typically aren't going to lose a whole lot in free agency because you either have enough money to resign them or your players are so bad it doesn't matter if they walk away. Uh, the Bears' biggest free agents, uh, certainly there's a couple of value, but uh, you know, running back David Montgomery highlights the class. But then you talk about like tackle Riley Reef, linebacker Nic- Nicholas Morrow, uh, Equinemia St. Brown, center Sam Mustafer. There's really just not that much to lose sleep about. And, and, you know, needing to re-sign them. Yeah, and so for me, the running back position is just going to be super interesting in general this offseason around the league, not just with the Bears here. There are just going to be so many good backs coming out in the draft. There are so many backs who are going to be free agency throughout the league and free agents throughout the league. And David Montgomery has been a really good player for the Bears, but he'll be 26 years old when the 2023 season starts. And I just kind of wonder if the Bears let him walk and go younger at the position. Monty has said that he wants to be back, but he's also posted on his Instagram that he thinks that Week 18 might have been his last game as a Bear. So we'll see what happens there. That's the big name that I would expect to depart. And I think Chicago goes younger, understanding that holding on to Montgomery doesn't make sense uh, when you're still probably a couple years away from a fully rebuilt roster that may be ready to compete. But you're right, regardless of these other potential moves, the Bears have all this cap space, all the cap space in the world. They can get really aggressive. They can make a lot of moves. It will be really interesting to see what they prioritize this offseason because even with that much flexibility, they have to choose which direction they want to go and how they want to fix this roster. Uh, We'll get into that a little bit more in a minute, but let's take a second and look at what the Bears have in draft capital because regardless of the talent that they might be able to buy in free agency with all those dollars, uh, this is a team that has to bring in young, sustainable talent through the draft if they're really going to turn this organization around that's going to be sustainable and last for years to come. So, Andrew, what does the draft look like for the Chicago Bears? Yeah, of course, they start out with the number one overall pick. Um, Thanks, Houston, for (laughs) finding a way to win that game. Um, They do not have their own second round pick, number 32. Um, It should be number 33, but of course, moving up to 32. Um, Because of the trade with the Steelers for wide receiver Chase Claypool, they do have Baltimore Ravens second round pick, which is projected at 56 overall. Uh, They have their own third. They have their own fourth. They also have an additional fourth from the Eagles. Um, And then they have two fives, their own and then uh, one from the Ravens. And then they also have their own seventh round pick. So the only pick they're, picks they're missing of their own are a second and a sixth, but they do have an additional second, fourth, and fifth from trades. Yeah, so we have to talk about the Chase Claypool trade, right? I mean, that was I thought it was Oof. bad when it happened. It looks extra bad now, right, that we know what the compensation actually was. The Bears gave up the, the first pick in the second round, which is actually pick 32, like I said. Obviously, the Dolphins forfeit that first, which gets them into what would be the range of a late first round. But, man, my goodness, there are going to be some really good, young, cheap players available at 32 in this draft. And the Bears absolutely messed that up. And they saved the Packers from making a big mistake and giving up a second round pick for Chase Claypool. And I think I speak for Packers fans when I say (laughs) that we are eternally grateful 
for that. But uh, the Bears still have a ton of draft picks to work with. So we make the jokes, but they've got a lot here to work with. Uh, they still have another second round pick since they uh, sent Roquan Smith to the Ravens. They've got their pick. They've got those two fourths, like you said. So lots of ammo to add talent and depth to this roster. But um, everyone's attention is going to be what are they going to do with that first overall selection that they've kind of lucked into with the help of the Texans? Yeah, just really quick. How about that for bad roster management? The Bears are going to essentially move down about 24 spots in the second round to get a wide receiver who did almost nothing for them and trading away an all-pro linebacker. Mm. That is uh, not going to help them get better at all. Well, we're like... We're like months away from like this being a real conversation. But like they're saying that a player like Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba could fall to the late first. Like they don't know where he's going to go. And you think about like Chase Claypool has one year left on his deal. Then you've got to pay him. You got like they could have drafted and it's all hindsight, right? They didn't know where that pick was going to end up. But man, in hindsight, it just looks like they really messed this up and should have added that young player instead of Claypool. So, we'll, I mean, years ahead, we'll see how it actually works out. But looks bad yeah, now. Definitely. Um, and so we we move into kind of like what we would do in this situation. Um, and as as far as drafting and with the first overall pick, I am all about trading that pick. I, the the Bears should feel good enough about Justin Fields that they aren't drafting a quarterback. So for me, the best strategy is to lure another quarterback-hungry team in and then just invest into the future. It, it worked wonder for, wonders for the Eagles a few years ago. They're still reaping the benefits of, of doing that. And while I'm not rooting for the Bears to be successful, uh, this segment is called what we would do. Yeah. Um, and so if I'm the GM of the Packers, I, or the, if I'm the GM of the Bears, <laughs> pardon me, uh, Freudian slip, um, that's that's what I'm looking at. And Jamie Eisner, um, in his latest mock for the Draft Network, had a really interesting scenario. The Bears traded down with the Colts for number four. So the Bears moved from one to four. And then they also traded four to the Panthers for pick nine and, and a boatload. So taking advantage of two teams looking for quarterbacks. And in this scenario, they netted number nine, two second rounders, two additional second rounders on top of what they already have, a fourth rounder, and then a 2024 first round pick and a 2024 second round pick. So that's quite a good haul for moving back uh, eight spots. Now, I could see the Bears not wanting to do that. Maybe they slide from one to four. They, they reap many of those benefits, right? They get some future picks they get a little bit of extra draft capital this year and then they can still pick one of the two big defensive stars as long as two quarterbacks go for them um so i i really like that but if they did slide down to number nine heck the bears can use that pick to get an edge get an offensive tackle get a wide receiver uh, whatever they want and they'd have three second rounders to add depth or trade up and then they have all of those future resources. So I think that's a really great way to utilize that number one pick, take advantage of some quarterback hungry teams when you feel like you're set at the quarterback position. Yeah, I think it makes a ton of sense for the Bears to trade out and build around Justin Fields. And actually, one thing that like I was thinking about, like, what if they traded down to two and just make, you know, let 
the Texans get their guy that like they're really bummed, right? That they're one spot away, but then they trade down again to four. So basically, what you said, but just you do the trade twice, you get down to four, and then you take your pass rusher. They just have so many options there. It just is hard to believe that that's not the path that they take. But I also think that there's a chance that since that this this is a different GM in Chicago, right? We may actually see the Bears take a QB and trade fields, right? I said that there's a chance. This, we're just working this out. It's not like fields' value is really, really low right now. So the Bears could absolutely take someone like Bryce Young at one and then trade fields to a team like Carolina, who might be just out of range to land one of the top three quarterbacks in this class. And I bet Chicago could get a top 10 pick, right, because that's where they're picking in this class. And then you probably easily get a 2024 first for someone like Fields because of what he's shown on the field. I don't know if they would do that. It would be totally wild. In some ways, it would feel irresponsible, unprecedented. You could talk about what Arizona did a few years back, but that's a totally different situation because you didn't see the good play on the field, right? That was a different deal. But Ryan Poles has said that he would have to be absolutely blown away to take a quarterback at one with this pick. And it's not like Poles is unaware of who's going to be available in this draft class. I think he's at least giving himself the option if he wants to take his guy, right? Because again, this is not his pick that he made with Fields. If he wants his guy at the quarterback position, especially if Chicago sees someone like Bryce Young as a more mature leader, as a more consistent passer, a more accurate passer. I'm not saying that they'll see it that way or that they should, but if it's close and you get to add two years back into a rookie quarterback window, I don't know. I just think it could get really interesting and it might be something that they entertain, especially because Fields' value is pretty high right now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I think there are things to be very concerned about Justin Fields. His time to release is so abysmal that it, probably raises some flags of like how successful can he be as a true passer in this league. And depending on the direction that the bears want to go offensively, maybe that's something that they'd be willing to move on. Maybe as you say, Bryce young blows them away and they just say, this is the guy we, we feel better with, with the future of the offense in the hands of Bryce young. And Hey, you know, maybe, maybe if it's not Carolina, 
a team like Baltimore if they franchise tagged Lamar Jackson and traded him somewhere else and then, um, you know, wanted to get the next best version of Lamar Jackson. Well, there's Justin Fields. They could invest the same draft capital they got for Lamar into Justin Fields. They get cheaper Mm -hmm. and have their guy. The Bears get their guy, plus they get all really all the draft picks back that they would have used in Justin Fields. The new regime gets to reinvest those into the players that they really wanted from the start. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think there's a lot of interesting scenarios out there. I don't think he gets traded, but is it possible? Absolutely. Um, The Cardinals did it with Josh Rosen and Mm -hmm. and then moved on to Kyler Murray. And um, Justin Fields has two years of, of sample size and might be. Um, is certainly a lot more valuable than Josh Rosen. (laughs) So um, we'll pivot into free agency. I think, you know, the Bears definitely are going to be making some noise. They could make some really big splashes or they could just sign a ton of mid-level players. I don't think necessarily, like even if they they go in and they're like, we have $136 million, that it's it's wise to blow all of your money right away, right? Like, you don't want to just max out all of your cap space and then, you know, be in trouble in the years going forward. But here are some moves that I would consider. Number one is re-signing. I think they could bring back David Montgomery. We're, we're talking about maybe like a $7 million per average. He's familiar with your system. He was very successful. Um, gives you a, a nice combination with Montgomery and Herbert, and you don't need to necessarily go in and, and draft somebody. You have the cap space anyway. So if you like Montgomery, bring him back. I think giving Darnell Mooney an extension, he's going to be a free agent in 24, makes a lot of sense. I think, you know, I, I'm going by the average contracts that Track is is uh, projecting, and I think Darnell Mooney, uh, right around $14 million on average uh, for a player of his caliber. Then I, I think, you know, you go out and you solidify that offensive line that's been a problem for a while. You can get a couple of tackles. There's Orlando Brown Jr. He's about $22.5 million. You can get Isaiah Wynn. He's about $15.5 million uh, per year. And then you got two bookend tackles. And you can afford to do that because either way, you're going to have a rookie quarterback contract. So um, you can definitely afford to invest in, in getting the protection needed for whoever your quarterback is. I also had them projected, this one's painful, uh, signing Alan Lazard uh, from the Packers Mm. at $11 million average. Give you those kind of two big outside threats in Lazard and Claypool, two good blockers, two guys that you can have big on the outside, and then Mooney operating a little bit more out of the slot. And then defense, I went for one player at each level. Defense alignment, Deron Payne, about $14.5 million. Edge, Yannick Ngakwe for about 14 Safety, Jesse Bates for about 12 So you get somebody in the secondary, uh, an edge rusher, defense alignment, really like help reinvest in that defense and then surround them with a bunch of young talent. Hopefully you get like a Will Anderson um, in in the draft and then, you know, now you're, you're cooking with gas. So I, I think they could backload some deals and then actually sign three or four other big names. Here, I would go a little bit more conservative, leave some extra cap space. You can always roll that over in the future, front load the deals, leave some flexibility for moves after cuts, and put yourself in a really good situation. Maybe there's a veteran out there that a team is looking to dump and you can you can acquire via, via trade. So a lot of different things they can do. These names don't necessarily matter. I'm just throwing out some, some names of some high-impact free agents that could potentially fit some of the needs of this team. 
Yeah, I mean, what a high-pressure offseason for this Bears organization and for Ryan Poles, just because you've got to nail the draft, right? You've got the number one overall pick. There's going to be some maneuvering there. What I mean, if you go with quarterback, obviously that'd be nuts. Like, he has to nail that pick. If he goes with a quarterback, otherwise he's done in a year. Um, but then all this money, right? Like, he's got to decide how to distribute this, how much you spend this year, how much you try to wait, you know, a year to drop in a few players in the future. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do. Um, I've got some of the same guys as you, so I'll start there. I think the offensive line um, has to be the focus, and I agree with you that Isaiah Wynn would be a great pickup. I also love adding Jesse Bates, the safety. So those would be two home run additions that I think Packer fans should just be hoping don't happen. Uh, but where we differ is in bringing back Montgomery. We've talked about that. I think they could spend that money in other places, not that they're short on it. Um, but he's got the star power in Chicago. Fans love him. So they may bring him back for that continuity and the fact that they know that he's that veteran who does take that pressure off of fields. Um, I probably wouldn't do it, but I can totally see why they would. Um, okay, so I'm going to talk about some other players here. Jacoby Myers is a player that I think I like for the Bears, if I'm the Bears. Um, he's estimated to get $12.5 million on the open market. Uh, I think what I like about Myers is that he's shown flashes of being a dynamic wide receiver, and there's some upside of him becoming maybe more of a true number one target four fields and this offense, he might have that ceiling. Uh, so him combined with bringing someone like Mooney back, which I love what you said there, Claypool, you sprinkle in someone like Alan Lazard. I think that's a really improved wide receiver group. And you feel good about giving that to your quarterback and him having success. Corey Davis is another name that I just kind of want to throw out there. The jets can save over $10 million in cap space by releasing Davis. Um, I guess they might prefer to trade him uh, to its team that can take on his salary. And Davis would be a great leader to have in the Bears locker room and with that young receiving group. Uh, the Jets might want to hang on to him, but I could see a team like Chicago being a natural landing spot if they were willing to let him go. Andrew, I don't want to get hung up on the wide receiver position here because there's so much more that the Bears will do. But it's been pitched out by multiple people that DeAndre Hopkins, you know, is probably going to be traded potentially this offseason. And Chicago has been a city uh, as far as a destination that he could end up in. What are your thoughts on someone like DeAndre Hopkins ending up in Chicago? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really good fit um, for Hopkins. If he is indeed trying to get out of Arizona, put, put yourself in this guy's perspective. Or, yeah. but, you know, put, put, your, put yourself in his shoes. Think from his perspective. This is a guy who played in Houston. Mm-hmm. Very, very little support. Right from yeah. the rest of the offense and, right. and his quarterback. And then he plays in Arizona where he has some success, but again, team you yeah. know, wins and losses, not great. It's not um, Put in a big numbers, but you know, at times seemed a little off with Kyler Murray. Murray was hurt so much. And yeah. so always playing with back quarters. If you're Deandre Hopkins, you don't always have a say over where you get traded, but if you have some influence are you going to want to go to the team that just finished with the worst record in the NFL after oh, being on man. Arizona when yeah. they, were, they had the worst record in the NFL? Yeah. I mean, I, I just I'm thinking for Hopkins, knowing that this is going to be kind of the limelight of his career. He's entering that mid 30s that um, usually spells the end pretty quick for wide receivers yeah. that he's going to want to go to a more established offense. Uh, with a team with a little bit more history of success. But for the yeah. Bears, it makes all the sense in the world. 
Yeah, it, it does for the Bears. I can see why they would want to do it. But at the same time, I do think that they're a couple of years away. I think they probably are honest about the fact that they're a couple of years away. And DeAndre Hopkins, if he's closing in on 33, he's 31 years old now. If he's closing in on 33 by the time you're really up and ready to run and, you know, make a run towards the playoffs, you know, if that happens, you just it, it the timelines kind of conflict a little bit there. So I'm with you. It doesn't make a lot of sense, maybe from both sides. But OK, Hopkins, we'll set him aside. Uh, just a couple other names I'll toss out there just to keep an eye on for the Bears. Uh, defensive lineman Dalvin Tomlinson. He's quietly one of the better defensive linemen in the league and would go a long way in improving the Bears defensive line. Um, I would also expect them to check in on players like Caleb McGarry and Mike McGlinchey if their teams let them get to free agency. We don't see that happen a lot with these young players. Teams tend to keep them in-house. Uh, but if it does, I would definitely expect the Bears sniff around on those guys to fix that offensive line like we've discussed. But uh, the Bears just really need to fix that offensive line. And just, you know, finding that talent is going to be big if they can spend the money and get that worked out in free agency. But they got their work cut out for them. Uh, but when you have that cap space, the options are pretty wide open. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think, you know, when we, we talk about how we would restructure this team, we're talking about solidifying the tackles. The interior offensive line, not as bad for the Bears as it has been in previous years. So you solidify those two tackle spots. Suddenly you have a pretty solid offensive line. However, you're going to proceed with quarterback. If it's Justin Fields, you've now given him another weapon or two on the outside. He has a pretty solid young tight end in Cole Komet. You have a couple of good running backs in Herbert and Montgomery. So the offense starting to look a little bit better. You know, Luke Getze feeling a little bit more confident. You go over the defensive side, we're giving him some defensive line depth. We're giving him some edge rush. We're giving him some some help in the secondary. They already have some pretty good young players in that secondary. Um, they have a couple of, of players on, on defense who have played well and, and shown out. And, and so you start adding those pieces in. And guess what? You also have the draft. And so, you know, maybe they slide down into number four and they get somebody like Will Anderson. Um, and and so now suddenly you have a pretty scary pass rush and you can start to fill in some of those other positions. You have some depth in the picks that you have getting in the second, third, fourth round. Uh, you know, you can you can patchwork some of those other positions with being able to sign some veteran free agents because you can afford those one year, six or seven million dollar contracts, unlike a lot of other teams. And suddenly this is a team that goes from really devoid of talent to pretty solid and pretty solid teams can make runs even as far as the playoffs. So we don't expect them to turn around that quickly, but they definitely have an opportunity to do some really good things um, as we have laid out. So that is our plan to reconstruct the Bears roster this <laughs> offseason. Um, but I just wanted to spend the last couple minutes talking about actual football uh, this weekend. And <laughs> if there's any playoff matchups to watch and, um, you know, I was thinking about this really in depth, Kyle. And if I wanted to watch greasy, overrated tight ends, George Kittle is available as the 49ers take on the Seahawks. But it would be hard to pay attention to that game with the swarm of gnats that always surround Kittle as he keeps his four years without a shower streak intact. Good for you, George. Uh, but the the game that I'm really that that was that was a special shout out for Twitter. But um, the game I'm really <laughs> going to keep an eye on Chargers Jaguars on Saturday. I, I think that Saturday night yeah. game should be 
thriller. You have two young ascending quarterbacks battling it out, and one of those teams will be playing next week. And the the thing that keeps me motivated when I can't root for the Packers are just like these fresh blood teams, right? Like that Bengals run through the playoffs last year. That was really cool. And these teams represent hungry fan bases who have not gotten the opportunity for playoff runs much in their history. So I'd go with Chargers-Jags. Yeah, um, if you've been listening to the Packaday podcast on Fridays for very long or ever, you know that Andrew's not the biggest George Kittle fan. So I appreciate you representing that here. Um, and the bitterness that's represented that the Packers will not be in that game is very much present. But uh, you touched on my favorite matchup, I think, and that's Chargers-Jags. I think this is just so fun because I think the Chargers should win this game. But L.A. is dealing with some injuries. Trevor Lawrence is hot right now. And, I mean, that Jaguars team is just a fun one to root for. So um, whichever of these teams advances, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. For me, the other game is the Monday night matchup between Tampa Bay and Dallas because I think we all fear that somehow Tampa Tom shows up for the playoffs and goes on a run, even though this the Bucks don't look good, right? Like, this can't happen, but it's Tom Brady, so... You just can't say that for sure, right? Uh, they get to host a playoff game, which seems messed up because they went ahead and won their joke of a division. It just feels like an upset in the making there with this Dallas team going to Tampa. And I'm not usually a Cowboys fan at all. <laughs> but for Mike McCarthy, I will be a huge Cowboys fan on Monday night, hoping that they can kick Brady out of the big show. Yeah, it'll be interesting that the interior of the offensive line for the Buccaneers is so, so bad. And we know yeah. the Cowboys can bring a lot of pass rush at yeah. you. So it could be a very, very long Monday night for Tom. Uh, or maybe they hold up a little bit. And we, we know Dak Prescott is not uh, always the most reliable player <laughs> at hanging on to the ball. And yeah. so those kind of things have a tendency yeah. to rear their ugly head at the worst possible moment. Mm. So we will see. I, I think I think there's a lot of really interesting football. Yeah. Um, so sometimes it's nice to watch as not a fan. Of course, we always want the Packers to be in it, but uh, it does take a little bit of the, the stress out of the situation. Heart rates are lower, right? Like we get to yeah. sit back and enjoy the game. It's fun. For sure. Um, I just wanted to extend a huge, huge, huge thank you to everybody for listening all season long. This is just really a passion project for us, and we thank you so much for tuning in, subscribing, commenting, all of that stuff. It's it's certainly a disappointing end of the season, but we are a 365-day-a-year podcast for a reason. There's a lot of really interesting things that will transpire over the next seven months, and we really hope that you stick with us for that. But that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packer Day Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. You can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe and give us a rating if you like what we're doing. You can catch Kyle and myself every single Friday. Next week, we'll be back with more off-season coverage. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember... Headlines remind us daily, 
The world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com